This episode of The Better Business Show is sponsored by Narrative Matters, creating content that sings for organisations that want to change the world. For more details about how we can help you develop amazing content that really works, check out narrativematters.co.uk. Hello, welcome to The Better Business Show with me, Tom Idle. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up this week. When you're a big company, the best you can do is to, to apply some tape to try and fix a problem. Yeah. We're not applying tape. He's certainly not applying tape. I'm in the company of the irrepressible and quite brilliant Eric Nygaard, co-founder of Lime Jump, a London-based business looking to truly shake up the energy market. Stay tuned. So welcome back. Uh, welcome to the second episode of the Better Business Show. Thanks for tuning in again. This time we're going to be exploring uh, energy. Uh, I mean, it's an issue that we'll no doubt come back to again and again on this show because, you know, frankly, it's a big deal. Um, what happened in Paris just before Christmas, the global deal uh, described by the UN's Akim Steimer as probably the most important international agreement in history. Uh, was obviously a legally binding commitment to limit global temperature rises to less than 2 degrees Celsius, signed by 185 countries accountable for more than 95% of, of global greenhouse gas emissions, and most of them. And, you know, it provides solid foundations for the creation of a low-carbon economy, which is something that many people have been talking about for so many years now. But we've got a long way to go before clean energy dominates the electricity market, uh, and until that job is done. And so here, as we stand in 2016, we're a long way from where we need to go. Um, but the subject of this week's show is trying to change the landscape and really shake up the energy market. And let's face it, if there's ever a market that really needs shaking up, then it's energy. Um, so picture this scene for a moment. Last October, a huge power cut hit more than 1300 buildings in the heart of London. The crowded streets around Leicester Square, around Covent Garden, around Soho were plunged into darkness and it was really weird. I wasn't there but I can imagine it being incredibly weird. That usual nighttime glow of neon just suddenly went out and the streets fell silent and security alarms went crazy. But what it also did was shine a light as it were on just how vulnerable the UK's energy system has become. Yes, the UK, we're not talking about uh, the, uh, some part of the developing world. You probably don't know this, but you know, the UK exacerbated by you know, budgeting middle class, demanding more and more electricity to power homes, make goods, transport, how sales may to be. But basically Britain's colossal demand for power continues while the supply is under threat. And the gap between our demand for and the supply of energy has been created in part by uh, a recent wave of power plant closures, um, which is, you know, a, some in some respects a good thing. And the energy industry is um, you know, slowly shifting towards a more modern, greener model. Late last year, the UK's Energy Secretary Amber Rudd announced that all of Britain's remaining coal-fired uh, power plants are going to be closed by 2025. Um, but with you know industry experts predicting that the UK's electricity system is is months away from breaking point right now, how do we get over this demand supply issue? Um, 
One answer is, of, of course, renewable power. Um, you know, generating energy from wood and wind and waves and, and the sun is, is clearly, you know, the way forward. And we know that investment in, in clean energy is gathering pace, which is, which is fantastic. However, this sort of new market is structurally very different from the old traditional energy grid. Um, the flow of energy that's created from, say, wind, for example, is obviously not consistent. Um, and it's very difficult to store the energy that's been created. So renewable power is part of the solution, but it's not all of the solution. To make the electricity market fit for the purpose in the 21st century, there's a new approach that's needed to um, what our national energy grid actually looks like and how it works. And most importantly, how both consumers and generators of energy actually engage with it. And so, step forward, a company like Lime Jump, which is the subject of today's show, a technology-based startup which, which says and, and promises it has the whole solution to this demand-supply conundrum. Um, so Lime Jump promises to disrupt the market um, by using the power of big data to ensure that renewably created en energy is delivered to those that can make the best use of it, that energy producers are actually rewarded properly for producing green energy, and that consumers aren't paying over the odds for greener energy. So I ventured into central London, a stone's throw away from the London Eye, which is where Lime Jump's offices are, to meet with one of the co-founders of the business, Eric Nygaard. And I thought it would be a good idea to meet in a busy cafe to record our conversations. The quality isn't the best. What can I say? I'm learning. I started by asking Eric what it is specifically that Lime Jump is doing to tackle this current supply and demand problem the energy market faces right now. The way to look at it is that um, we have built a technology platform that allows us um, to connect into customers, uh, you could call electric electricity meter readings, okay. um, to be able to monitor it in real time. Uh, but also the ability to control this electrical equipment to turn it on and off. Right. In a nutshell, that's kind of, that is at core what the system does. But then the question is, why do we care to be able to connect in and why do we care to monitor? Well, what I was saying before about customers having control, the control they have is the flexibility in how they use and generate. Right. And that flexibility we're trying to pull out. Once we have that, we then need to find a way, a place to sell it at best value. Okay. That's the thing. Now, I know this probably sounds a bit confusing, but but that flexibility there, we can sell to the national grid uh -huh. that will use it to help balance the system. So remember when I said that uh, that there's too much wind yeah. on the system, yeah. and suddenly we're saying that a customer could increase their demand, for example. Yeah. Sounds very counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. They increase their demand. The ability for them to increase, I could sell to the national grid. Okay, okay. And the national grid says, okay, I know you can do this via your software and your technology. I will pay you to be available. And when I need your help, I call on you, Lime Jump, to increase demand so I can release that stress on the system. That's one opportunity. The other one is um, to possibly look at, uh, at it from a pricing perspective. So the, the fact that we are an electricity supplier, yeah. it means that we can manage the 
this is going to get really technical now, but it, it, we can trade out or buy the electricity on behalf of our customers. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Or sell the electricity on behalf of our customers on the market. Um, that is another opportunity because if you see that prices are going high and you are a small wind farm or a small generator, you want to be able to take advantage of that price. Yeah. And that price could be in two hours' time, it could be tomorrow. These are future prices. Sure. Yeah. It sounds both incredibly complex but also incredibly simple. It is, it is simple. Once you kind of go to the customer and say, listen, all I want to do for you yeah. is to give you the best price possible that I can. Yes. And to do that, I need to be able to control and monitor what you do. Yes. And, and you then don't need to worry. And it's, for you, it's all about your, your technology. That's what does it. Okay. Yeah. That's what which, does is, it. which has been how long in the making? I mean, how, how long have you been going at it? We have been developing it for near two and a half years. Uh, but I'd say, like all startups, where we, we got our first kind of round of seed funding in late 2013, December. So our business really went commercial, let's say, uh, in the end of first quarter of 2014. Okay. So you could say that things have been kind of developing at a faster pace since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so how did this idea to launch Lime Jump come about? When did you see that need and that demand? So we, we um, both uh, Ning, the other co-founder of the business and myself, used to work at Centrica, so okay. the owners of British Gas. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we, we both enjoyed working there, yeah? don't, don't get me wrong, but it, it's, you could quickly see after you kind of got into the details. So we were in the trading and optimization side of the business, right. so buying and selling electricity. Um, and we saw that there, there were a lot of inefficiencies in this value chain of getting electricity from a generation source down to a, to a customer. Yeah. And we're thinking, well, a lot of that sits because there is a lack of technology to enable it. Yes. And there is no customer engagement that is really proactive. Right. So all we saw is a customer gets a utility bill and they pay it. Sure. There's no interaction. There's nothing to go, why don't you change your behavior here? Why don't you do nothing like that? Yeah. Um, and we kind of took that all together and said, well, this is definitely an opportunity. Yeah. So we looked at places like the US and we saw that they'd already started to build business models to tackle this. Okay, okay. And this is where we looked at demand response. So demand response is one of the key things. Yeah. But, the, but the, the big energy companies yeah. we know are working hard to try and improve their kind of service offering to business customers in particular, aren't they? Yes, they are. Um, but there's still a market for you guys? Yes. Okay. And I, and I think the, the, the thing there is that it's because we are getting down into the detail. Right. We are building a platform bottom-up, yeah. tackling the problems at source. Um, when you're a big company, the best you can do is to, to apply some tape to try and fix a problem. Yeah. We're not applying tape. Which means that when we have our platform built, it becomes scalable. Sure. And I think uh, uh, a way to, to, I guess another way to look at this is, is that in, in effect, what we're doing, once you aggregate all these end nodes of customers, yeah. Yeah, what we have built is a virtual power plant. It is exactly the same thing as a big power plant with a big six on, but ours is virtual. It behaves in the same way. It can respond in the same way. So I could have 100 customers turning their demand off when there's not enough electricity on the system within a few seconds or within a few minutes. That normally would be delivered by a large gas plant. 
it's, yeah. it's brilliant, it's brilliant. So what, what type of customers are working with you? And um, how do they work with you? How does it work? So we, it would, we, we have two kind of key customer segments. The one is large industrial and commercial customers. Yeah. And the second set are distributed generation assets that are normally owned by the likes of farmers. Right, they have a lot of... Uh, and they would be uh, renewable energy usually, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, completely, 100% yeah. yeah, yeah. renewable. So it would be like food waste. Yep. Um, anything that has gone bad, for example, uh-huh. now can be reprocessed and generated into electricity. So there's complete resource efficiency there. Right. But those are our, our two key, key segments. Um, in most cases, we will uh, sell our, pitch our solution to them. We will need to go and look at their business site yep. and help them identify what they can do. Yep. Uh, we would then install our equipment um, and then we can get them going and active in, in, in this kind of a solution offering. Sure, and, and, and from the outside looking in, you think, well, why isn't every business doing this? What, what are the barriers that you're having to overcome as you come out of startup mode and to kind of full commercialization here? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a confidence that this can work. Right. It does work, but you know, when something seems too good to be true, people kind of go, "Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Like, how how can this suddenly now just be so possible?" Right? And then this it, it sounds like it should be a no-brainer, but it it requires the, the the customer to be comfortable with something that's very new. Yeah. Because you're asking them to allow us to get very involved in what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and to be a lot more responsive in the way they behave yes. in using and generating electricity. Yeah. It's it's a bit of a cultural change yes um, and the key underlying problem there is a the knowledge gap and this is what why part of our business model is to try and find intuitive ways to keep that uh, knowledge flowing so the customers can learn as they kind of grow with us okay um, and what about you Eric what's your background what do you do with this I know you were a century before yeah. that was your what do you oh, study? This, uh, I, so I, I, um, I did a, uh, an MSc at Cass Business School uh, in energy trade finance. Um, I then moved to uh, Centrica after that, and I was in their demand forecasting team, then in their trading and optimization team. Um, and after Centrica, I went to set up an optimization desk for Hudson Energy, a new entrant in the market. Okay. Yeah. The U- U.S. based or? They are a U.S. company actually. Okay. They're owned by Just Energy. Okay. I'm always interested in kind of the names of companies. Oh, right, what, what, does, what does Lime Jump mean? God. This, yeah, I, I'm going to give the, the, the name, for, put a credit to name. So we basically sat around going, we don't want to have a name that seems serious. First of all, electricity is, it's dull. By, by yeah. you, you, nobody gets excited speaking about energy or electricity. <laughs> it's not something you talk about in a bar and go, oh, that's cool. No. Sure. Right? So we're like, at least let's start with a name <laughs> that we get asked questions about. Yeah. Uh, and then we went, okay, we want to be green. Uh, lime is green. We want a fruit because a lot of companies that have had names of fruits seem to have exploded. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's some kind of correlation there. So we went, lime, good, we got that. Jump is just signifying that we're kind of on a move, you know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it, I love the idea of the, the virtual power plant, and to, obviously there's you know, so many applications and, and businesses that you know will want to get involved in this. And um, yeah, it's uh, you know managing your energy use, getting the right price for it is absolutely crucial. It's, it's crucial. Yeah. And it's it's we just want customers to feel um, 
that they can take part in the simplest way possible. Yeah. You, and you know, well, sometimes customers don't know that they want this even because they just assume I have my big utility providing me with electricity. Yeah. Um, because it's so early days for us, building proper thorough case studies in this is quite. It's quite, we know what we will do. On average, I'd say for that, that you could probably improve somewhere between two to ten percent. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, ten percent side, I think, is easier for distributed generation assets. Yeah. Yeah. Because their core is generating. Yeah. That's their business. Yeah. They want to make money, so the benefit we can provide there is a lot clearer. <laughs> for large INC customers. Uh, it's probably towards the lower end yeah. until you get much more full engagement from them. In which case, yeah. they probably could also get up to like 10%. Okay. But but this is a standard number you probably hear around. 10% here, 10% yeah, there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, but then if you're a massive plant, it's huge. a big amount of money. It's yeah. huge. <laughs> yeah, even even on, a, on, on let's say like a, a, a one megawatt base loading yeah. uh, anaerobic digestion site, yeah. they probably... Um, Generate in revenues like uh, I don't know, eight hundred thousand pounds a year. Okay. Uh, they will have some costs from from feedstock and stuff like this that goes into the plant. Yeah. But you know, even five percent there, it's forty k. Now, yeah. and remember, this yeah. is owned by a farmer. Yes. Right. So yeah. he goes forty k. I'm buying myself a Mercedes this year. I mean, the, the yeah. link yeah. is very. It's clear to his bottom line. Sure. If you go to a big INC and say, I'm going to make you forty thousand pound a year. Okay, I have 10,000 employees. I don't yeah. Percentage wise, it's not much. Yeah. But this is a wrong mindset because it's no brainer money. Sure. Right? It's no brainer money. Yeah. Um, and we are trying to make it so easy they don't need to worry about it. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. almost like money for nothing. Yeah. Uh, and I think off the back of that, they are helping to change the system. Yes. They are needed. Yeah. They are needed to do this, to get the system working. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a great model. And so how do you make your money? Yeah? You so do? we take a cut of everything. <clears throat> okay. I mean, in a way, you could view us almost like as a... I wouldn't say we're a middleman because we take risks on behalf of the customer. So in, in bundling things within our virtual power plant, yeah. whenever we deliver yeah, megawatts or, or, or flexibility, yeah. um, we need to deliver as expected. So if I say I am going to provide National Grid with a megawatt, I need to provide a megawatt. If one of my customers doesn't respond, I get hit, yeah. right? But I still got to pay the other guys. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. there's a risk there. Has it happened yet? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Not enough to where we lost money, but it but it does hit our margins. Of course. Um, so that is definitely a key thing. But that's how we make our money. We just simply are taking a transaction fee of providing this level of service. Yeah. Not so different from something like Uber or whatever. Else. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And how many how many customers have we got? Um, so we now are sitting at fifty. Uh, but in reality, that's across almost 200 customer sites. Right. So some customers are quite big, so they got a lot of sites around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's 50, 50 sites, not customers. No, it's almost 200 sites, 50 Sorry, customers. Sorry, 200 sites, okay, okay. And what's the ambition? How big do you need to want to get? Uh, we, we, I've put some like things I, I, I like to say, but I... I I'd like to be sitting at about a gigawatt. Okay. And a gigawatt means that I could be powering all of London. Right. Eric Nygaard there, whose enthusiasm is truly infectious, as he said, 
it's not the sort of thing you bring up down the pub talking about energy. It's fairly dull, but somehow he seems to be able to bring the whole thing to life. Fantastic stuff. As ever, our show notes are available online. Just go to narrativematters.co.uk slash betterbusiness. And you can find out more about Lime Jump and what it's been up to uh, and lots of interesting links to uh, what the company is actually doing. We'll be back again next week. So in the meantime, please do subscribe to The Better Business Show via iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, Give us a fantastic five-star rating. Uh, And if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, just find me at Tom Idle. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.